Good evening, hushlings, and welcome. I present your preceptors to the underbelly of the void, the whispers of conjecture, and the known of the unknown. Thus begins the conclave of the Hush Hush Society. this program to give you a bulletin just received from one of our naval units at sea. A large object traveling at supersonic speed is headed over the North Atlantic toward the east coast of the United States. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Drew Pearson. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a space ship in Washington. The Army has taken every precaution to meet any emergency which may develop. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. to give you these facts. But if you threaten to extend your violence, this earth of yours will be reduced to a burned out cinder. But he's a robot. Without you, what could he do? There's no limit to what he could do. He could destroy the earth. All vehicles, close in. Let's go. Greetings, Hushlings, and welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour, where we journey into the world of conspiratorial mysteries and dark truths. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And as always, we're joined by our resident alien, Slick Frank Sanders. Yo! What's going on, Mike? What's going on, Dave? Season 9, we are here, baby, and I am an alien residential. What's going on? <laughs> not much, not much. Green card and all. Green yep. card and all, baby. <laughs> it's not easy to get that visa, man. I'll tell you what. Especially being from off world. Whoa. We in it, boys. We're here. We made it. Another season. And so did you, Hushlings. You made it. You're here also. Yeah, dude. Bless the Hushlings. Thank Can't you. Can't forget about you. Thank you. Thank They're you. still here. Yeah, you guys are still here. I hope everybody had a good couple weeks off. Season 9 is shaping up to be pretty interesting. Stick around for uh, for all the goodies. Today, for our Season 9 premiere, we're going to tell the story of a benevolent extraterrestrial claiming to be from Venus. He landed on Earth in 1957 with a three-year mission to monitor our planet ever since the atomic bomb blasts in World War II. 
Allegedly, President Eisenhower and Vice President Nixon actually met with him to accept an invitation to have Earth join the interstellar community. And we're left with questions like, did he really live at the Pentagon and meet with many government officials throughout his time on Earth? Did he make us part of the Galactic Federation? And surprisingly, it's said that he dematerialized on March 16th of 1960. Hushlings, let's find out. But before we talk about our favorite Venusian, as always, our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, reach out to us. We're still there. We're building up a following. We're posting memes. It's a grand old time. Some informative stuff, some fun stuff, some stuff that'll make you chuckle. Reach out to us. Get over there. Follow us. Isn't it X now? X. You know, I'm not going to say X. No, I'm just not going to do it. Follow us on our X. Yeah, follow. Yeah, how does that sound? Follow us on X. dirty as hell. Yeah. You know what's not bad? HushHushSociety.com, the official website of the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. You can find all the episodes, like the one you're listening to now, Hush Merch, Blogs, Links to all the social media, as Mike mentioned, and the direct link to our wonderful and ever-growing Rockfin. Yes, and on our Rockfin, that is the one and only place where you guys can watch us. Not only can you listen to the show, but you can watch us. And there are visual elements added to each episode that you can you know, see what we're talking about as we're talking about pictures and videos and diagrams and maps. You can follow along throughout the episode. It's a great time. Go on, check it out. Rockfin.com. Hush Hush Society. Visually stimulating. Yeah, stimulate the senses. Chew five gum. All right, boys, you ready to get into this bitch? Run it. Valiant Thor. You guys have heard of him, right? Yeah, that guy from uh, the Avengers, right? Yeah. 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 Valiant Thor, as we said, is a proposed alien. And this whole story started when a police officer in Alexandria, Virginia, witnessed a UFO landing. On March 16th, 1957, a strange craft landed in a farmer's field. As we said, local police arrived on the scene with their guns drawn, expecting the worst, probably an alien. They were surprised to find what appeared to be a dapper, unarmed man stepping out of the craft. Did they really use the word dapper? Is that really the description? I mean, he was in a suit. It does draw up a pretty vivid picture. Yeah. Beautiful hair. Yeah. Dripping with ice. The officer was approached by a tall white man who calmly identified himself as Valiant Thor sent by, quote, the High Council. It's very, very official. Sounds very official. They were even more surprised when the man telepathically asked to speak with the president. Over the next few days, the visitor would meet with President Eisenhower deep within the Pentagon. All right, question right off the rip here. Alien comes from Venus and needs to talk to the President of the United States of America. There's nothing more American than that. On top of it all, he's wearing a Gucci suit. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine the experience of this guy from what he's saying is he's expecting this tall, lanky, naked, gray alien or whatever, and he gets Keanu Reeves in a suit. But at the time, mid to late 1950s, America was an absolute powerhouse of a nation. 
So if an alien were to drop down coming from some alleged high council, I would think America is going to be one of the top two places they're going to stop at. Do aliens recognize individual countries, though? I mean, we recognize different ant colonies. Harley Andrew Byrd, nephew to the late Rear Admiral Richard R.E. Byrd of the United States Navy, who was a highly ranking official at the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., and part of Project Blue Book, got a panicked call from the police department in Alexandria, Virginia. Thor was then driven to the Pentagon, where he was introduced to the Undersecretary of Defense, as well as Secretary of Defense Neil H. McElroy and then given VIP status and hurried off to see the President of the United States himself, Dwight D. Eisenhower, as well as the Vice President at the time, Richard Nixon. He must have been something of importance if he's getting whisked away, right? Like, you're not just grabbing a guy in a suit, like, hey, like he came in a spacecraft. This story has always seemed a little off to me, because do you really think that if somebody encountered a random alien that looks humanoid or human for, for all intent and purpose, and they requested to see the president of the United States, they're immediately going to rush him to the Pentagon and everybody's going to meet him and that's the way it's going to be. I feel like there would be some sort of like quarantine, some sort of uh, we need to check this out, make sure this thing or entity is not dangerous because if you're following this story it seems almost immediate that they took him to the pentagon to see these important people of the united states now what happens if he could kill people with his mind or he could cause harm in some other way and they just didn't like vet him two questions could he telepathically communicate with all the people that he was said talk to and basically control the situation to be that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then that also poses, like you said, could he hurt somebody with telepathy? And then also if the United States in the forties already had alien gray bodies and there's all this alleged photos and videos of all these aliens on tables, these naked beings, with big eyes and they're all cut open and they're doing all these experiments on them. If that's not real, then this guy coming down would have spooked the hell out of them. So it kind of puts a little, if this story is true, it puts a little bit of validity on the fact the U S government or whatever government it is that has these bodies already knew that there's more than one. Just to respond to what Mike said. Yeah, they would probably freak out and take this extraterrestrial down for questioning or testing or whatever it may be. But in the event that they already knew that this high council existed and there was the possibility that they were expecting some sort of visitor or representative of this high council, then yeah, those experiments and interrogations would have took place. Otherwise, it would have been something along these lines, like rush them to the Pentagon, get them down into the dumps, set them up with Eisenhower. Yeah, that to me makes the story more valid is the aspect of knowing that there was somebody on their way to represent this council. 
Yeah, I guess in that respect, if they did know that something or someone was on their way and were expecting them, yeah, just brush them in. And just the High Council itself means that there's a conglomerate of something. And we took that seriously, or at least the president took it seriously. The, the Secretary of Defense took it seriously. It'd be so weird that uh, just human beings just look like we're the same as on Venus. Just strange. Speaking of strange, you guys ever heard of Frank E. Strange's? He's the author of uh, Stranger at the Pentagon that was written in 1967 about Valiant Thor. Uh, he states Thor was granted three years of VIP status at the Pentagon, where he met with numerous high-ranking government officials, as well as the president himself. Three-year pass. Three-year hall pass. I wonder what the, why they chose three years. So it's like some strangely long internship. Let's see what you can do, guy. Three-year VIP pass. And he had an apartment in the Pentagon as well. So he just lived there. He hung out. Resident alien. His goal was to express the High Council's concerns about the way humanity was evolving, particularly its apparent desire for nuclear weapons. Eisenhower asked Thor where he was from, to which Thor gave a rather cryptic response. He said, quote, The morning and the evening star, which in many cultures is in fact Venus. Thor and his co-pilots, Indrid Cold, Carlo Ardo, and Terry Rist, claimed they hailed from Venus. These Venusians were humanoid in appearance and were photographed at Gray Barker's UFO convention at Howard Menger's farm in 1958. Man, that sounds like a party, dude. Wait, so is injured cold is tied up in this? I, and I don't know if there's validity. This is according to, I believe... Frank E. Strange's, and we talk a, a little bit more about his allegedly's with Valiant Thor. I gotcha. Thor convinced President Eisenhower to create a council against the use of nuclear weapons. However, the committee was repeatedly blocked by members of the CIA as well as the DOD. When did the CIA start? It was the early 50s, right? In 1946, Operation High Jump happened, and Admiral Byrd's son is involved in this whole thing. Could he maybe have known about these folks anyways? It just seems so out in the open for it to be real. That's one of my biggest questions about this whole entire story or conspiracy or whatever you want to call it, is how did this get leaked? How did this get out to the public? Because it is very public knowledge. Like You, you can look into Valiant Thor and find everything that we're going to display in, in the debriefing. But True. at the same time, it seems like very highly classified and sensitive information when it comes to extraterrestrials. We don't really have other stories like this. Yeah. There's a handful of them, but not like this. Like J-Rod? J-Rod. Look at the picture of him holding the documents or a newspaper or whatever. And then the next picture. And tell me that looks like the same guy. It doesn't. So I'm always weirded out about these two pictures, because when you type in Valiant Thor, you get those two pictures. They are very different pictures. But the those the London Lower, he has a very different jaw than every... His head almost looks larger in the yeah. jaw area, which is very strange. Not sure. That guy looks like he's in a punk rock band. 
Yeah, I was gonna say kind of like a like a Henry Rollins. You know what? He looks like Mike Vallely. It is interesting that Phil Schneider's father is in this photo. Mm-hmm. That in itself, oh man, it's like you were just saying. Like a lot of this stuff, all is interconnected in a lot of different ways, and Valiant Thor. And injured cold, if you want to put those things together. And then Phil Schneider's father, Dumbs, and how Phil Schneider went into how Dumbs existed and what the government was doing. It'd be a pretty in-depth lie to really connect all these webs together. It's almost like too convenient that all these individuals and these subjects are tied together. Hidden in plain sight. Yeah, yeah. And part of me believes, I'm like 50-50 on it so far, on whether I believe it's bullshit or not. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, I don't even know how to feel about it. Hmm. Moving forward, we have an alleged exchange and dialogue given by strangers. The conversation is as follows. Eisenhower says, please, sir, what is your name and where do you come from? I come from a planet your Bible calls the morning and the evening star. Isn't the morning star supposed to be the devil? Eisenhower says Venus? Question mark. Yes, sir. Can you prove this? What do you constitute as proof? Eisenhower says, I don't know. According to Thor, Venusians live inside Venus. With Gucci suits. I can get past the the looks kind of thing because it's there could be a hundred different reasons as to why he looks like a human. If he's got the technology to get here, I'm, who knows? You know? Yeah, shape changing, biological drone. Maybe that's just what they look like, honestly. He also indicated in this conversation, not to dialogue, to Mr. Eisenhower that the world was in a precarious situation and that if the world continued to proceed on war footing, it would cause an economic imbalance throughout the world. <laughs> Was he wrong? Valiant Thor also mentioned the waves of aliens who would land around the world to help with Earth's seemingly insurmountable problems. He stated that a group from a distant planetary system would be coming to give aid and data to help the Earth's progress. Now, is that to aid the Earth's progress with or without us? Yeah, do they care about the humans or care about the planet? Yeah, because if they don't care about the humans, they just... Because on the grand scheme <laughs> of things regarding just our solar system, like Earth is fairly unique. So if there was some sort of extraterrestrial species living on Venus and they're forced to live underground, like, of course, they would aspire and if not envy those who get to live on this planet full of water and life and animals, you name it. Yeah, they would probably want to protect and help the planet, but the people, I don't know, especially when they're delving into nuclear warfare. And let's not forget that during his tenure here on Earth, President Eisenhower signed the National Aeronautics and Space Act of 1958 establishing the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, or NASA. So thank Valiant Thor for that. I thought we had to thank... Uh, the Nazis. Alabama Germans. I don't know. Valiant Thor kind of looks like a German. 
in both pictures. Just saying. Just saying. Speaking of what Valiant Thor looked like, we're going to get into that a little bit. Obviously, like we've stated, rather human-like in appearance. Um, Although, allegedly, he had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. Maybe he really was from the South then. (laughs) (laughs) A true descendant. That's what we call an Alabama slammer. Now, internally, his his heart was much larger than most humans, and he only had one much larger lung. So they must have done tests on him. His blood vessels were a lot larger as well and carried hemosininin-based blood, which is actually a copper-containing protein chemically unlike hemoglobin in our blood and is found in some crustaceans. He's a crab person. (gasps) He's the crab people. Crab people. <laughs> crab people. Hemosininin is a blue in color when oxygenated and colorless when oxygen is removed. They must have done tests on him. With data like that, yeah, they had to have. Yeah. Or he's just sitting there like, look at this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Angel mind freak pulls a quarter <laughs> out of his forearm with a razor blade. <laughs> The year is 1955. We find ourselves inside of a lab. The king of the crustaceans, Valiant Thor, has risen up from the depths. Come to save us from nuclear apocalypse. You just hear chattering in the background. (laughs) Click, 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 (laughs) click. His brain capacity is 300 CM3 and claimed to have an IQ of 1200. Hold the fuck on. Smarty pants, smarty pants. How did we how did we come to uh get to that number? Did we make a special scale to figure out his IQ? And at what point is it like, yeah, all right, you're super smart. Did we really figure it out? 1200? Hmm, I don't know. Although anything over 200 loses definite meaning. There we go. To humans and he spoke over 100 languages fluently. That's pretty smart. Sounds like fucking German to me. (laughs) A very smart German. What if he was a time traveler? That'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. Fucking crab person. Yeah. (laughs) Thor explained the supposed differences between the Venetians and humans during Bird's account of the Valiant Thor meeting. The alien emissary describes what life is like on Venus. He proclaims that Venusians survive the planet's inhospitable climate by living underground. And what's pretty interesting is Valiant Thor also claimed other planets in the solar system were home to similar civilizations such as his, and that Earth was the only planet where most of the people lived above ground. Most of the people. Hmm. Oh, that verbiage is interesting. Yeah, most, he's referencing Osama bin Laden. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the Taliban. <laughs> Valiant Thor also had big promises. One day he said a large group of Venus dwellers would travel to Earth to help with the Earth's seemingly insurmountable problems and that the extraterrestrials from distant star systems would one day do the same. Uh, maybe that's what we're seeing now. Thank God they sent President Trump. 
A UFO convention in New Jersey supposedly resulted in photographic evidence of Valiant Thor and his crew. I believe that's the picture that we were referencing earlier. But there's no Ingrid Cold in that picture. Does, do we have a definite picture of that uh, individual, or is it always just sketches? Of Ingrid Cold? Yeah. There are some pictures floating out there of actual human-looking people that they say are injured cold that do look like they were taken, you know, somewhere between the 40s and the 60s just from looking at the pictures. But none of them look like the same person. Like, the pictures that show actual people, they don't look like the same guy. So, I, I don't know. In his account of meeting Valiant Thor in 1959, Dr. Stranges claims that an American intelligence agent named Nancy Warren approached him with photographic proof of the extraterrestrial's existence. She showed him pictures of what appeared to be an ordinary human man in an Earth-style suit. All these photographs that I couldn't find. Son of a bitch. There's a photo that I see here. That's supposedly supposed to be him in between two ladies. I'm telling you, he lo- he looks very German. He does, he does. look very yeah. German. I feel like it's too soon after the war, though. Yo, that picture, he looks like Bobby Flay. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Makes me hate him. <laughs> Bobby Flay, if you ever listen to us, fuck you. You already hated him. <laughs> Bobby Flay's like, what the fuck? Our society used to be my favorite podcast. <laughs> Why don't you guys come and try and outcook me? Oh, <laughs> uh, we got a picture of Doctor Strange's Frank E. Strange's. Let's talk about him for a couple minutes since we got the appearance of Valiant Thor. Frank E. Strange's was born on October 6, nineteen twenty-seven, in Brooklyn, New York. He was a producer and actor known for No Tears for the Damned. Uh, 1968 film UFO 1970 and strange sightings in 1964. He unfortunately died in 2008 in California. Stranges had long been a proponent of aliens and fascinated with the evidence for alien interactions with humanity in the Bible. He had just written a book about an angelic encounter in the book of Ezekiel when he met Valiant Thor. Ah, here it comes. Mm -hmm. This dude was Mm -hmm. tripping and wrote it down. Val taught Stranges about the validity of some theories and about what God thought of humanity. Quickly, Frank Stranges was campaigning for Val. It appeared that since the alien couldn't use Eisenhower for his purposes, he would choose to use an author instead. That's (laughs) a major step down. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so is this how this all got out? Mm. It, it might be. He wrote a book mm. about it. Yeah, of course he did. Of course he did. Yeah. Of course he did. And the seesaw leans to one side. <laughs> God damn. There it is. Frank Strange's impromptu and surprisingly easy introduction to the ultra top secret world of aliens inside the U.S. government is uh, interesting. An anonymous woman who just invited him in and boom. He was in with no government clearance in there like swimwear. You think aliens really give a shit about government clearance? No, no. Just saying. 
But in real life, the closest that Frank Stranges ever came to being a Washington, D.C. insider was when the Federal Bureau of Investigation examined his false claims that he also worked for the FBI, because that's called impersonating a federal law enforcement official. See? Oh, Oh, Frank. There it is. Frank, Frank, Frank. Frank. Oh, no. Start bullshitting. People are going to catch you. Got caught out, brah. It's perhaps important to note that Frank Stranges was already publishing cheap UFO books and free pamphlets for the fanatic community years before the Valiant Thor story. Yet he didn't divulge his own mind-blowing contact with an extraterrestrial entity until 1967. This guy. Well, here, here's the thing. He's got all these things that he said that, you know, he had conversations with. There's just weird stuff that's happened with him where he claims to have known this guy. But he did exist in some way, shape or form because he did meet with the president. Is Frank Strange is just a kook? But the Valiant Thor thing actually has validity because of the police report in Alexandria, Virginia. I don't know why they wouldn't cover that up. It might be available. I would say that it has validity if any of this is verifiable outside of one of Frank Strange's books or pamphlets. That's what I was, I think that was my question. If it can be verified by other sources. Did it come out, this Alexandria, Virginia encounter, did it come out from his book and that's how we know about all this? Is it all from there or is there other information Because some people say that there are CIA documents that you can look under the Freedom of Information Act. You can find stuff, but it never says Valiant Thor. I could be wrong. Yeah, so the beginning of the story was literally told by Frank Stranges. It's quoted as saying, Dr. Frank Stranges said that on March 16, 1957, Valiant Thor arrived in a scout ship, landed in Alexandria, Virginia, in an agricultural field at 8 a.m. The police were the first on the scene, and they had a conversation with him. Son of a bitch. Okay, so the story then gets backed up by Harley Bird. Yes, okay. Who we talked about. Yeah. Who worked for the Department of Defense. Mm Mm-hmm. But he also wrote a foreword in Strange's book. Mm. I don't know, man. Who? Bird? Yeah. Oh. He had some connection to something. Oh, maybe the seesaw's leaning back. Oh, it gets crazier, guys, though. Listen, you're going to see how things all tie in again. He said that he viewed the Robert Kennedy assassination in real time aboard a spaceship. A little crazy, kind of a interesting. Hey, I was you know chilling with Val on the T twenty two sport model. We watched uh, Bobby Kennedy get uh, you know. <laughs> it gets uh, even weirder. Strange, stranges. Valiant Thor left Earth three years after his visit to the day, but he periodically has returned to our planet for more missions. It's doing a real bang up job. Yeah, yeah. On the morning of June fifth. 1968, the day that RFK was assassinated in L.A., Dr. Stranges claims that Valiant Thor called him and asked him to meet him at the San Diego airport. Once he did, the two drove to a small town in Sonora, Mexico called San Felipe. 
there they met up with a flying saucer. Mm, fuck. <laughs> On the saucer, Valiant Thor relates an earlier meeting with Bobby Kennedy in which the extraterrestrial advised him not to run for president in 1968. Stranges and Valiant Thor then watch the Kennedy assassination on a monitor in real time. Fan-fucking-tastic. They watched him, all right. They watched it. So Valiant Thor comes to see Stranges the day of the RFK assassination, takes him to the airport, they drove to Mexico, they got on a UFO to watch the RFK assassination on television in real time. He goes, yo, bro, check this out. Yeah. <laughs> like it's the Sunday night game, broke out the popcorn and the, the soda yeah. pop, all that. I mean, if he knew that was going to happen, he probably could have done something about it. Yeah, probably could have stopped it. He's like, ah, I warned him. <laughs> I told him. I told him this would happen. That's what he was saying <laughs> as he's shoving his mouth full of popcorn. Oh, man. See, now this entire story is on the back of Strange's and on his word alone. The only thing that gives it any type of weight is the bird connection. But even so, let's say, okay, hypothetically, let's say that Strange's comes to Bird and he says, hey, I'm going to write this story. And people are going to be so enthralled with it. It's going to sell so many copies of this book. And if you just corroborate it, then I will give you some sort of kickback. You could even write the foreword of the book if you'd like. Could work. A lot of this just like stinks to high heaven. Like it just, uh, <laughs> my bullshit meter is fucking pinging. Bing, bing, Can you bing, smell bing. it? Yeah. Can you smell it, Mike? Doctor Strange's interactions with Valiant Thor actually had long-lasting consequences. Go figure. You get into the UFO subject and bada-bing, bada-boom. You have uh, events that happen. And six years later, after Robert Kennedy's assassination and him and Val's joyride through the cosmos while watching a live shooting, in 1974, agents from the Men in Black, quotes, quotes, ambushed a meeting between strangers and some Venusian representatives. Oh, so he was part of the crew. He was part of the high council. He was in there. Strangers claims that he fought off his attackers with the help of Valiant Thor's associates, but also used his own martial arts training. What a badass, dude. Pull, pull the picture of him up again. Look at that guy. Look at that guy. He looks like a guy that would sell you like ice cream, like really good street food ice cream. He doesn't look I... like a lying sack of shit. Yeah. Except. <laughs> just for a minute, take this story as a whole and just apply it to as if you were watching a movie. Tell me that's not a wild fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. This is a guy that came from acting. He had a background in movie productions yeah could have been a screenwriter too yeah wrote ufo stories mm. it's like isaac asimov coming to you and being like so i went on this sport model ufo with a guy named val and we watched the robert f kennedy assassination <laughs> he had popcorn glizzies soda pop it was wonderful 
So in this, Valiant Thor knew that RFK was going to be assassinated. He must have. Obviously. I mean, if they were watching it in real time. Now, watching it in real time, does that mean like an omniscient camera POV? Like, God is watching? Well, it was highly televised. That's what I'm saying. Or was it they're watching the newsreels of it just happened? Somebody saw it live. Either way, what the fuck? Why do we got to go down to Mexico to watch this? Yeah. What's so special? <laughs> You're putting me on a UFO to watch local cable television. <laughs> Aim high. Oh, man, I can't. Well, as we've mentioned a couple times, Valiant Thor has been a- mentioned in pop culture throughout time. Many parallels exist between the story of Valiant Thor and the day the Earth stood still. Dave mentioned Keanu Reeves earlier. The film's plot and Doctor Strange's account of Valiant Thor's arrival on Earth. They all kind of line up. In both Strange's story and the film, an alien visitor lands on Earth and demands to be taken to the American president, where they warn against the use of nuclear weapons. I just watched that movie not too long ago. It's actually a banger. It's It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Hushlings, go watch that. All in all, obviously, this alleged meeting between Valiant Thor and President Eisenhower definitely did not lead to any sort of reduction in the country's arsenal of nuclear weapons. Obviously. We still have them? I mean, if we ever did, yeah, they're, they're still there. Oh, there are all, there's also the notion they're not real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you got to take that into account. Maybe they're not anymore. And if they're not, Valiant Thor definitely isn't. (laughs) (laughs) Truth. All right. Let's just think about this for a minute. Let's ask some questions about this. Let's, Let's think about it. How would Valiant Thor's people know about our nuclear weapons? I mean, it's said that nuclear explosion reverberates through vibration, through different dimensions, and throughout space yeah could they feel them yeah you know just like the people in hollow earth as well seems to be a common thread yeah but could they feel a nuclear blast inside of venus like underground (laughs) you could feel it through your anus they can maybe (laughs) detect it if okay, so if they had the technology to obviously have spacecraft, they could obviously detect it because we only see the visible spectrum, and you know there's infrared and microwaves and all that stuff, and that that's endless and goes out into space. So, if it's real, you know. agreed, agreed, yeah. And Venus isn't that far, so maybe. But that would also imply that they're constantly observing Earth. Or it's one of those things you're just minding your business, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa. <laughs> let's see it up in the sky there's also the question could venus be overlapping with earth in an alternative dimension maybe we we've talked about this a lot uh space and time stacking up it's definitely possible they're about the same size maybe you know we're neighbors yeah yeah could we share something in space and time with them where we're getting these strange, interesting beings that are just manifesting in little orbs and whatnot? An even better question. 
How does a human-looking person, or humanoid, come from a place that has a surface temperature of 900 degrees Fahrenheit, other than underground? Technology. It's the only answer. But then it just brings back the, there's bases on the moon. I mean, look at us with the dumbs. If there's something that's got space travel technology, I'm sure their dumbs are way better than ours. I would hope so. With a surface of 900 degrees, they better be. A guy that looks like he's Anglo-Saxon, you think he's not going to have sun damage with 900 degrees? I'm pretty sure the wind on Venus, too, is like a thousand miles an hour. Did you know it takes like 243 Earth days for one revolution, one full day on Venus? Imagine that work day. How many Nazis do you think died on the surface of Venus before they figured out they had to dig three miles down to live there? Got a bit of you. Oh, shit. Another question is if he's human looking or he's not wearing some molecular skin suit and he actually is human looking, if this valiant Thor is real or Venusians are actually a real species uh, or they're just venusians and they're just humans what happened to the planet that would mean that his people have been around for quite some time but they do say that venus had an overactive greenhouse system kind of like you know the earth on steroids and maybe that's what caused it it's nuclear war Ooh, and that's why they don't want it anymore because they they fucked it up valanthor's real that's it tipped right back Strangers, we're sorry. You were totally right. It had nothing to do with you being a UFO author. <laughs> All right, Hutchlings. It is season nine, but you know what? You know what time it is. It's time for Reddit. Let's get into some, some Reddit about Valiant Thor. This post that we found came from the subreddit Aliens. How fitting. And the title says, Possible Meeting with Valiant Thor. User Heifer with Cheese goes on to say, I am able to have out-of-body experiences if I try. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. It takes practice and dedication, and there are different techniques that lead to different types of results. Anyway, last night I set out to have one and set the intention ahead of time of meeting an alien. I was successful in getting out of body, and after transitioning between environments, came to a room, and there was a man there who acted and looked human. He seemed very friendly and relaxed, was dressed casually, and said his name was Val. Val Kilmer? There was some noise in the background, some chatter, and it seemed like someone hinted Valiant Thor. Hmm. I think Heifer with cheese is just, I think he might have hung out with strangers. It is strangers. Yeah. <laughs> He's still talking about it in 2023. Uh, the, the worst part about that Reddit post is I would find it more believable if he had just come out and said that he ate a quarter of mushrooms instead of saying that if he tries hard enough, he can have an out-of-body experience. Not that you can't have out-of-body experiences. No, you totally but... can, but like... I'm not, I'm not getting out of my body to go meet Valiant Thor. <laughs> you met Valiant Thor. Apparently, he'll just bring me to a UFO and we can watch TV together. <laughs> so we got one more for you. Also from the subreddit Aliens, user Slashplate 
a little bit older one two years ago. It's titled Valiant Thor, the alien in the Pentagon found some interesting stuff in the documentary. Like we said earlier, uh, Phil Schneider, the underground. Thank you slash plate for giving me the title of that. It's still on uh, Amazon Prime and he claims to be involved with the deep underground military bases or dumbs. Interesting story in itself. But he also claims his father, a Navy captain, was involved in an alien phenomena and even the Philadelphia incident. Uh, he claims to have a photo of the alien named Valiant Thor. So I decided to Google him and see what else came up. And I found this archive doc. Uh, we can drop the link, Hushlings, if you'd like. It's all requests about UFOs, some references to Trump, and then a request for info on Valiant Thor. All hmm. in one doc. Hmm. One Same document. That's why they're trying to go after... Trump. That's what I'm he's saying. Trying to, he's trying to let Valiant Thor out, and they're like, no, he's no, no. Venusian. Oh, mm. he came to save us. Hey, there's that Baron Trump adventures from like what the 1800s? Yeah, yeah. So, the time traveling Trump. Time traveling Trump. Yeah. Little Baron. Little Baron. <laughs> All right, boys. Let's get into our final thoughts on Valiant Thor, Dave. What you got, man? In the beginning, I was really, really excited to think that there was an actual humanoid alien from Venus that maybe came down and was like, you humans, you knock it the fuck off. And how it had some connection with Admiral Byrd talking to some humans in the Earth that said, you knock it the fuck off. I was really excited after doing a little bit more research on Stranges, less excited, kind of like you guys were. The seesaw was tipping. I think there's some validity to the name, but I think there's a lot of hoo-ha to the story. I'm not sure. I think it's somebody's manifestation who really, really wanted it for themselves. And now they have a legacy because they're dead and it could be real. It might not on the fence, but I'm leaning towards a homeboy like sci-fi. Ooh, starting off season nine. Final thoughts. Valiant Thor is bullshit. Strangest was a con man. Easy peasy, hushlings. You're getting you're getting it easy today. That's my thoughts on this entire thing. Sounds like it would be a fun thing to believe in, but when you have the entire corroborating story coming from this UFO science fiction author, uh, I don't know. And going and being brought onto a UFO to watch an assassination in real time sounds like BS. Especially why would you take him to Mexico? You're telling me that you couldn't bring the UFO to somewhere in LA or somewhere in San Diego? Yeah, meet me at the airport. We're going to go over here to this alleyway and there's my UFO. Slick Frank Sanders, give us your final thoughts on Valiant Thor, baby! Frog's final thought. Hogwash. It's a bunch of hogwash. No, seriously, guys, I couldn't have said it better. You guys pretty much laid it out flat. But I will say that I wouldn't be surprised that something along these lines, not necessarily to a T of Venusian who looks like a human who's trying to look out for us, not to a T, but something along those lines might have happened within the past hundred years whether it be extraterrestrial or interdimensional, I do believe at some point there's probably been some sort of entity or two that's contacted human civilization trying to look out for us. That That's a possibility. But regarding Valiant Thor, nah, dude. Hogwash. BS. 
I hate to say it, like all the people that keep touting this story are referencing the strangest story. So it's not like they're coming out with any new information from other sources. Oh, this possibly could be real because of X, Y, Z. It's just regurgitating the strangest story. And there's not, there's nothing past that. There's nothing past the surface of that story. It makes Valiant Thor just as real as the Lorax. (laughs) (laughs) Realistically. All right, hushlings. That's going to do it for this episode of Valiant Thor, the science fiction podcast series, part one of 45 on Valiant Thor. What'd you think? Was there anything we missed? Anything we should have discussed as always? Reach out to us. We read all the messages. We appreciate them. Contact at hushhushsociety.com. Don't forget to join us for our 82nd debriefing. Guys, 82. 82. It's nuts. 82 of our gums flapping. Amazing. We're going to recon the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or DARPA. Streaming everywhere, Monday, September 18th. Or as I like to call it, DERPA. DERPA. And for our patrons, our next exclusive debriefing will be available on Thursday, September 21st, where we will all sniff mega sharpies throughout the entire episode and discuss the birds aren't real conspiracy theory. It's going to be a banger. We're going to have marker all over our face. You're going to have to watch it. You're going to have to listen. It's going to be a bang up episode. You got to be there. Is this going to be a a video Patreon? As long as we're sniffing Sharpies. I mean, (laughs) if we do do that, every patron will get a free complimentary Sharpie. We can send those out. I'm going to take key bumps of Ajax. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Hushlings. Thanks for joining us for our season nine premiere. I'm Declassified Dave. I'm Mystery Mike. And I'm Slick Frank Sanders. Boo, 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 boo. Until our next debriefing, remember, the best kept secrets are hidden in plain sight.